Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. Blessings he's going to pour out, but just not just blessings. I just want to honor God. I want to, I want to give God my best, and uh, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about uh, today as well. L- reading Luke six thirty eight here says, "Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again." And and uh, we, I, I, we're talking about giving to God and what that means, and and I'm, I'm looking forward to what He has in this lesson today. I'm going to be really focusing mostly on on tithing and uh, what it means. And so I want to ask us if we could bow our heads today and ask God to bless us and to speak into our hearts together. Dear God, we come to you, Lord, humbly asking you, Lord, to speak into our minds, our hearts, our lives today. Lord, I pray, help us cultivate this soil. God, I pray, let your word, God, just germinate, Lord, and take hold and, and begin to grow root, Lord, in this principle of honoring you through tithing and giving and sacrifice, Lord. I, I want to bless you, Lord. I want to please you. I wanna, I'm excited, Lord, to honor you any way I can. And I pray, help me, Lord, your teacher today. Help me, God, work in me. I, I pray, Lord, help me be in the vein of your spirit today. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory together. Let's just clap our hands. Let's just thank Him for a moment. Praise God. Praise God. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. High five somebody before you're seated. Praise God. Excited. Brother Brian Johnson's excited about the healthy food snacks we have today. And we're just a couple, you know, Wednesdays away from wheatgrass being back there. Right? Who knows? <laughs> so you're going to see one day juicers. Yeah. <laughs> Keep praying. <laughs> the, the, the first time, you know, we uh, got to hang out, it was at, um, what's that restaurant called downtown? Good, good Good life. I keep want to say good vibes. Good life. And of course, I mentioned the story. He introduced me to some of the best juices ever. It was really, really good. And um, I remembered, man, that thing was awesome. All two ounces of it for $200. I thought, oh, $100 an ounce ain't too bad in the juice world. So um, I believe God can, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and, and all, the, all the fruit plants that he can provide us with with those things. So keep praying with me and Brother Brian about those things. So, But I, I do want to talk uh, about when it comes to giving God, you, you have to discuss tithing. You have to talk about that principle. And the first time 
in Scripture, tithe is really introduced to us is in Genesis chapter 14 and verse 20. And it reads this, And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand, and he gave him tithes of all. And to understand that one verse where we, we first see that word tithes, we have to understand the context. And uh, the context of that Scripture has to do with the history of that chapter. And that chapter after we find the very first war ever fought in Scripture between mankind. We find this when I say mankind, we know there was a war in heaven, right? And it's not really much a war when one side's very strong. So um, same's going to be for the end of all things. Amen. But Abram had to assemble his servants. He had to, he had to ask, you know, the, 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 the chef. He had to ask, you know, the stable keepers. He had to ask the shepherds. He, he had to ask everybody in his entourage. Uh, I know this is not your forte. I know this is not something you're normally accustomed to, but I'm, I'm going to ask you to help me fight. And we're not just going down the road to, you know, go gather some things we are going to take on several kings in battle and kings happen to have armies and so you can see that how I, the the scales they're so they're so outweighed and they're so different in the eyes of Abram but he had trust in God and God gave him favor and showed him uh, how to uh, really obviously to chase down this enemy and and to fight and to get everything that was taken. The, the, the reason he was in this fight was because his, his family member, Lot, was taken. And so this was why he was given a reason to fight. That would preach right there, right? That would, the, some of us are not fighting because we have no, no passion for that fight. And we have nothing, no family. I hope some of us who have families are ready to fight for their families, right? And so we have Abraham, who is... In pursuit, and God gave God gave Abram that favor with his men when fighting, and so doing, Abram desired to pay a tenth of his spoils to the king of Salem, which was known as Melchizedek, or however you want to say it, but uh, I, I pronounce it Melchizedek. Abram had no business really winning against an enemy that was greater in number, greater in understanding of war, uh, greater in every aspect of the book, really that you can per, 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 just perceive and see that he had uh, more money. He was fighting armies. He was fighting kings. They had more wealth. They had, they had more ability all across the board. But yet because of grace and the mercies of God that allowed, we see that Abram was victorious. And the first major kind of concept we need to grab a hold of when it comes to tithing is that it is rooted in the awareness of gratefulness. Or I should say the awareness of gratitude is another way to say it. You have to have gratitude in order to tithe. Plain and simple. Tithers are, are, are they're full of gratitude for what God has done in their life. When you realize that you have no business keeping the job you have, when you, have, when you realize that you have no business you know, producing the air in your own lungs, right. 
Right. When you have, when you come to a real understanding that the the blood in your body that's pumping is not because of some a happy accident, that that every every single day you have on earth is a gift from God. When when you start to really understand the small things of the world and really how God, why would why would you take somebody out by just crossing a street, but you decided to keep me alive that day, or why what, a friend of mine fell off a ladder. And now, you know, they're, they've died. You know, a simple, a simple misstep took their life. But yet, for some reason, you've granted me another day. There, there has to be some gratitude with that. There has to be some awareness and understanding that I have no business being blessed through my circumstances. So, therefore, I must show my gratitude. So, it's a very important concept for us to understand. Now you can walk that backwards. Someone who doesn't tithe is, is suffering from lack of gratitude. Someone who's struggling with giving is someone who's truly not understanding of the goodness of God being poured in their life. That's a, that's a, if we work some things backwards, it kind of pierces a little bit different. It kind of, it, I don't want you to tell me that I am not grateful for the things I have, but God's saying, if you're, if you're truly grateful, then, then show me your gratitude. Right. Now, Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of the Most High God to whom Abram paid tithes to after the battle he fought to free Lot. And scripture talks about the order of Melchizedek and the order of the priesthood to which Christ belongs. And we're going to look at that. Hebrews 7, looking at verse 1, from Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abram returning from the, what does that word say? Slaughter. That sounds like he won big time. That's a convincing win. Slaughter of the kings and blessed him to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all first being by interpretation this is talking now about Melchizedek this is what he was known by king of righteousness that's what his name means by the way now you're going to see some strong familiarity here king of righteousness and after that also king of Salem and of course which is being interpreted king of peace. Now, king of Salem also is, that, that word Salem is also thought to be the ancient name of Jerusalem. And so you're going to start seeing, these, this is okay, who, who else do we know is king of righteousness? Who else do we know is king of peace? Who else do we know is fond of Jerusalem? Without father, it says, verse 3, hmm, without father? Without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Another way of saying that is resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Now, verse 4, consider how great this man was unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. And verily they that are of the sons of Levi who receive the office of the priesthood have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law that is of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. Now, this whole chapter is so wonderful. I, 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 some other day I'm just going to spend time in, verse, in chapter 7 
7 and just talk about a little bit more um, in depth about Melchizedek because um, I believe Melchizedek was a theophany. I believe he, he was... Um, uh, likened unto things that we understand theophanies to be, but I want us to understand that through this, through Abraham meeting Melchizedek and honoring, honoring the blessings that Melchizedek prayed over Abraham and, and entrusted of him. You know, what's also interesting is the first time Melchizedek meets Abraham, they meet and they take communion, bread and wine. Now, it's pretty interesting. Tithing, I want us to understand this. Tithing was instituted by Abram before God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And it's so important for us to understand that the practice of tithing predates the Mosaic law and how it was handed down to men through that, through that process. Giving to God is not based upon the order of law only, but it was initially based upon the actions of surrender and gratitude. And it's, a, it's an action of, I, I, I give myself to you, Lord. I, I've, I surrender to you because I don't have the ability. But because you've, you've blessed me, I am grateful for that. Because you've given me things and given me victories over my battles, I have no business winning. I, I just, I, I have to understand that it's a surrender. It's a, it's a handing over. It's a, it's a trust that you know who really is in control. Right. There's a common misnomer about tithing that we just read here in Hebrews 7 and 5 that the priesthood is commanded to take the tithe. And many assume that um, I own the Lamborghini out there. You know, many assume that's the pastor's vehicle. Uh, many assume that I own the, the big house on um, uh, Mansion Lane. And... Uh, because of that, and I, I uh, would like to say I wish, and all those things, right? But truthfully, no, if you're doing it right, it's not the fact that I'm not allowed to do it. It's the fact that I want you to understand what's important to me as the pastor of this church is the body of this church, and to make sure we're able to have these things on and uh, we're able to have temperature control and we're able to have things and and uh, especially I'm, I'm, you know uh, we've lived uh, uh, the best we can a sacrificial life for the body of Christ for this church so that we can put ourselves in a good position to buy a church and so uh, I, I, I'm, God has constantly blessed me God has been so good to me I, I, I'm grateful for those things but there is a biblical process in how the ministry is paid and how the, how the priests were fed you know the priest they got to eat the red meat right off the altar <clears throat> You know, not the wheatgrass, not the juices, the, the, the red meat right off the altar. <laughs> there, there is that belief, though, when it comes to giving, that we do, we do feel a certain way. We judge our leadership on how they spend the funds. We treat our tithe as a membership due. 
more than, than what it is, a tithing to God. Right. And we, we feel as when we get, give over our tithing that we get to dictate the terms and the rules of the membership club. The, the body of Christ is not a membership club, right? right? That's not how it is. That's just that's not the way it's going to be. And that's the Bible is very clear on those things. We, we, are, we are granted to be afforded some major blessings. And I, I'm gonna, I've said this before. The day we walk into our new church building, you will know it's not by our doing. It's because God has uh, allowed to work through us and to work through his hands and, and to give us a blessing and to do some mighty things in, in our midst that it's not because of we were able to, um, you know, find a good APR and to lock in some numbers and those types of things. Yes, God may give us and grant us those things, but it's not by our doing. And we have to understand that I am, uh, it's the, the idea of how was my tithing being used that question that may linger on our hearts needs to take a back seat by am I being obedient to paying my tithes? Am I trusting God with my finances? And I, we've heard us preachers say this, I can't afford not to pay my tithes. And there's such a truth to that. And there's a common belief that the practice of tithing is a Old Testament only practice. And this isn't true. It's true that tithing isn't mentioned in the New Testament as much as the Old Testament, yes. Uh, it's true that um, you don't also uh, get a lot of thou shall not kill in the New Testament, but, you know, we obey that one, right? So I want us to understand the Old Testament mentions that simple word tithe 12 times. Now it'll mention, you know, other times saying the 10th, you know, talk about the 10th uh, and those things. So I, I didn't add those numbers as well, but it, it, it does throughout the Old Testament. But the New Testament, it's interesting, it only mentions that word twice in the entire New Testament. And I can argue even too the way it's mentioned, it's mentioned in the Gospels, in Matthew's gospel and in Luke's gospel and, and it's just reverberating the words of Jesus so I can even argue that that word tithe is only used once in context throughout the entire New Testament and I want to look at that because this is where and I, I just need it to be mentioned once in New Testament for us to say it is there yeah. All right. It doesn't matter if it's mentioned a thousand times, as long as it's just mentioned once. I just need one command from Jesus to be obedient to it. Yeah. He don't got to sell me on things. I, I just the way I am. Yeah. He don't have to keep saying things and keep driving a point in my life. If he says it once, I want to be obedient to it one time. But here's where we also have a misunderstanding because where he mentions it is where he's rebuking the Pharisees. Okay, let's look at it. Matthew 23, 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe, there's the word, of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and to not leave the other undone. Luke's gospel will say, Pretty much the same thing, Luke eleven forty two. But woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs, and pass over judgment and the love of God. 
These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. So notice that there are some slight differences in those two passages. Matthew and Luke mention slight different types of mint there in, the, in their explanation and herb and uh, little, the wordage a little bit differently. But get this, they perfectly are in sync when they end the passage together by saying, these ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. And I want to take a deeper look at that that phrase there, ought ye, because in the Greek it is D-E-I, and it's pronounced die. And it means this, it is necessary. It is a necessity of law and command. And so sometimes we hear ought and ought ye, we think, eh, I should, maybe, possibly, uh, that sounds like a good idea. I, it's, it's not as big as it's a necessity. It is a command. And so I want us to understand here as we look at that. For instance, Acts 17 and 3, it, it rewords that, that Greek word die in a different way. And I want to it says opening and alleging. I want us to grab a hold right here. That Christ must needs have suffered. That, that phrase must needs is the same Greek word. Well, what was a necessity for Christ? He must needs to have suffered and then risen again from the dead. And that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. That's a big deal. Oh, yeah. That's a big necessity. Aren't you glad that Jesus was obedient to the A.E.? Not just a, a general suggestion, right? Yeah. Aren't you glad that he was, he was absolutely faithful to that must necessary, I, I must need surrender. I, I've got to do this thing. I've got to die for humanity. I've got to rise again. You know that I'm, I'm that savior. That's a big deal. When he says, ought ye, don't, don't brush over it, but understand the true wordage is that it's, a necess it's, it's necessary. So when I reread that, it says, these ought ye to have done. It should be, these are a necessi necessity to have done and not to leave the other undone. Meaning, it is a ne necessity to tithe. Continue to tithe because it is necessary. It is a command. Therefore, when Jesus is rebuking the pharisaical way of tithing while ignoring the rest of the law, Jesus is also commanding us to continue to tithe. And Jesus says this in John 14 and 15, a very familiar passage. If what? If ye love me, keep my commandments. Well, Lord... That, that means I can't spend money on myself as much. Right? Lord, I, I've got other... But Lord, you don't know. I've got bills. How many of you have had that in your head? You don't know. <laughs> but you're seeing here that those, those times is mentioned in the New Testament... It is, is Jesus, yes, he's rebuking the way we, sh we have been tithing. And that's what we have to understand. Tithing in a robotic, pharisaical type of way is wrong. That's what he was speaking to. What was he, what, what, what is it likened to? Well, it's likened that you come here and you put your tithing offering and then you leave and you can do whatever you want. You can still act the fool, as, as some versions would say. <laughs> 
right? We can, we can just treat this as a membership club, and I can just, you know, drive my cart wherever I want to drive it. I paid my dues. That's, that's what he's speaking to, the hypocrisy of all. He even, he even says, you know what, you're great at tithing, at being robotic and making sure that tenth is there, but you totally have lost the fact that you've got to worry about the love, you've got to worry about the mercy, you've got to worry about what's just and what's righteous and all those things. And so I, I, I venture to say, out of, out of all those passages in the Old Testament, even though there's so many passages that declare us and ask us and commission us and command us to give 10%, none of them do it in such a manner and such a depth that Jesus does in these texts in the New Testament. It's a different deal when I actually have to give offering and then love the fact I have to do it. And then I also have to love my neighbor next to me who I don't like at the same time. And I have to, have to, I, I have to win the world I'm in. And I have to, man, Jesus, why don't you just let me pay my dues and my dues only? You know, in, uh, back in Ohio, before I left Ohio, uh, they had this thing, and I don't, my, my, my dad would know better than I do. Um, they had this thing that they instituted for your vehicle, e-check. Some states have it, emissions checks, you know. And I used to think, what a scam. What a scam. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of brand new vehicles coming off the lot, going through the e-check and not passing. And what they'd have to do is they'd have to go get that thing fixed and come back and prove and all these things and pay another fee. And my mentality was just, just make me pay whatever. If, if it's another $200, I'll pay it. Just let me pay it so I can get on the road and live my life. Well, I'm telling you right now, you don't believe it or not, but that's the exact same way we act when we give to God. Just, I'll just pay it like a bill you just leave me alone and I can live my life oh by the way if you could just keep sending me some favor that'd be great yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. right that's how we that's what Jesus is speaking here to and when he, when he says these things these ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone he's, he's leveling up tithing with caring, with love, with mercy, and all those things that this whole book talks about. And it's so important that if I love, if I love him, then I've got to keep those commandments. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, that your New Testament, it's, it's comprised of gospels and letters, okay? So when you, when you read that and when you understand that, and I will argue this, someone will say, well, that, at that time, and I agree with this slight part of the argument that at that time when Jesus was walking the earth they were still living in an Old Testament you know time where they would bring sacrifices to an altar and do those things and I agree but when Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice and he died on a cross some of us believe well therefore um, he's, he's already paid my tithe for the rest of my life He's, all pay, he's paid that old law off, right? He's, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not part of that dispensation of, of debt 
anymore where I have to give that. And, and, and I, I want us to understand that's, that's not necessarily true. Paul would even speak to uh, the, the, the Ephesians in his farewell address as he as he's knows that his death is his next destination. He'll talk about it in Acts 20 and 35. He says, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring he ought to support the weak and to what? Remember the words of the Lord Jesus? How he said, it is more blessed to give than what? To receive. So the difference of how we tithe from an Old Testament point of view versus a New, New Testament point of view is that when we tithe, we must not be robotic and pharisaical and, and uh, you know, with our tithes towards him. It's a different way of offering to the Lord. Jesus combat, uh, combated with um, humanity at this time. That's, that's the interesting about Jesus is when he was walking on the earth, his hope was for that New Testament church to be thriving and living. He, he was, you know, uh, kind of like Tesla, you know, just in mentality, you know, I'm so ready to take everyone to space. Right? Right. You guys, I'm so digital. You guys are so analog. Right? I'm so ready for the future. And that's how Jesus was when he was walking, walking the earth. And that's why, you know, put it in today's terms. You look at, at what Elon's going through, right? He's just, everyone's like, oh, you're crazy. You're dumb. That's stupid. All those things. It's never going to happen. He's like, I've been, I'm doing it. I'm doing all those things. The future's there. This is how it looks. This is what it's going to be. This is not my plug on that we should buy electric. Although maybe it is for today. It's, a, it's about that he had an understanding of what tomorrow's going to look like. And this is why Jesus, when, he, when he's living this, this New Testament church type of way, everybody around him, all the Pharisees are like, I'm about to stone you because don't you change my way of life. Don't you change my membership responses, right. responsibilities. Don't you, don't you change what I, the terms of my condition that I have grown accustomed to and how I live. And this is why Matthew 5, 17, think not that I am come to what? Destroy the law, right. but I've come to what? Fulfill that law. I'm not come to destroy the law or those prophets. I, I, I've not to destroy, but to fill, to bring into completion, to fulfill why you, we are really doing this. Because at the beginning it was good, and when when Moses comes down from that mountain, he has a finally a complete set of blueprints and testimonies and things and, that he's holding and, and an understanding. It was it was righteous and good, but over time uh, our humanity infected it. And, and, and made it something that it wasn't so much so that Jesus said, I've got to die for humanity to make, make everything better. Yeah. I, I literally have to come down. I, in the, I, was, I was a form of God and I, I literally had to become the form of man. Yeah. Yeah. And now I have to die because what you've done to the law and now I have to show you what, what, what's supposed to be. So this is so important to understand that this Old Testament may give you black and white, tell us to do that we are to be obedient, but the New Testament elevates that. And I can talk even further that the new church really got that and they, they figured it out that it wasn't a tenth, it was sell all your possessions. Yeah. It was sell all that you have and give to every man that hath need. Right. Yeah. Oh man, Lord, I don't know if I'm ready for the New Testament. 
But I, I, I want to move forward because uh, I want to talk really quickly one of the most famous texts here when it comes to tithe. You know, the Spirit of God is speaking through Malachi and asks that question in Malachi 3, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now, herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delight some land, saith the Lord of hosts. Man, that, go back, I want to rewind. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, wherein have you robbed thee? And he gets real, real uh, focused in tithes and all. Do you notice how he says, you haven't robbed me in praise or prayers or fastings or consecration or holiness, but he says tithes and offering? Maybe it's because none of those other things cost us anything. Yeah, they may cost us a little extra time. May, we may have to wake up a little bit early, read the book a little bit more, read the good book, right. right? We may have to force ourselves to pray more than 10 minutes, you know? We have to maybe wear another, you know, go shopping and grab a garment that makes us feel that that's the definition of holiness and, you know. But no, he doesn't say that you're robbing me in praises. You're not robbing me in prayer. You're not robbing me in faithfulness or separation. No, you're robbing me where it hurts you. When we learn, we learn so much about tithing in this passage, but where the rubber meets the road is giving to God is, again, a matter of priority. I talked about that last lesson in 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, right? That purpose is to bring from, from your storage, to bring out of the back that you've planned for something else. It's a, it's a purposeful place that you've waited. No, God's saying to give from that place. I need to make tithing a priority. And when I tithe, God has to bless me. I, I could literally say I force God's hand to give me favor. One glaring issue our earthly eyes are focused on today, and it's a real issue, is how am I going to hand over finances in a time of inflation and recession? Right? Well, I'm telling you right now, your pastor's with you. How are we going to get this church in a time of inflation and recession? How, God, are we going to, you know, how, how is it going to happen? And we must understand that tithing is the only real way that recession and depression bypasses us. It is. It's the way, I'm telling you right now, you ask any faithful tither how they made it through hard economic, hard economic, I can't talk to economical <laughs> hardships. You ask anyone who, who's, who's lived through hard times and they will tell you, I, God did it. Yeah, right. yeah. I, I didn't, I, I don't know. I, I love that when they, that statement. I don't know. Right. Right. 
I love that. You're right. It's outside of our intellect. Lean not on what? Your own? Okay. Right? We've got to do some acknowledging of him. Right? It's all those things that he's doing. They tell you those stories. And, and I've got stories. You probably heard some of them about how, you know, me and my wife, we got married early. We thought we were combining two, two financial giants. And that's funny to say it that way. But within our mental capacity, we thought, oh, we got, I'm making a living and you're making a living and we will come together like a power ranger and make some kind of financial, you know, lizard of strength. <laughs> when we got married, it was the opposite. Our finances hit each other and she lost her finances and my finances dwindled and, 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 and it was like, this is not what we're supposed to be, Lord. But thank God we stayed faithful to the concepts and the desires to keep putting our tithe first before paying our bills. And we watch God do the unthinkable. And I watch God help us save more money in that time than uh, times when we both had good jobs. And I scratch my head in confusion and say, God, oh, that's right. It's outside my understanding. You know, I'd rather have 90% of my finances blessed than 100% of them cursed. And it's really, that's the easiest way to look at it. If I don't give, I'm cursed with a curse. And I've had God do that just incredible thing in my life, the unimaginable. Uh, and I just trust in him. And God will also keep what he said is that devour. He says in Malachi 3 and 11, I will rebuke the devourer from your sake, for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. I've, I've owned pairs of church shoes that lasted me 10 years long. Okay? And I'm a churchgoer, so... I've had tires on vehicles that have went well, well, well over thousands of miles past due. Okay? Maybe dangerous. Okay? <laughs> but there are times I've checked those treads. I'm like, that's incredible. They're still good. And I've seen, I've seen God do other things where I, where I go down to that what I like to call the death box. It's in front of my house. I think you have one in front of your house. It's the mailbox, some people call it. It's the place where all my hopes and dreams and all my plans are crushed. And I open that, the mouth of it, and it's, it's always got a big mouth. <laughs> and I have to reach my hand in this big mouth, and I pull out these bills, and I, I realize I don't remember maybe that subscription, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't remember going to the doctor that day, or I, I don't remember, you know, you... you Maybe it's the amnesia that I got from falling off a ladder that totally made me forget about the ER visit. I don't know. But there is this monster in the front of my house that reminds me. And this is what happens. I take it back into my house and I open it up and me and my wife go, oh my Lord, what happened? I, we didn't expect that. But because we kept God first and God kept the devourer away from us and because he made sure that our fruits would come to fruition and he, he made sure that all the ground was good and well soiled and fertilized in my life, guess what? The next time I go down to that death box, it spits out some life. Somebody gave me a, a rebate. 
I had one time where an insurance company, insurance gave me money back because I paid too much. You can't tell me that ain't God. <laughs> there have been times where I thought, I don't know how it's going to happen. And then, boom, God sends the way. He's just, and I've seen it over and over because tithing will produce his favor. And I want to bring up really a, an issue of stress on people's lives when it comes to finances. Because... It's, it's a real thing. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We are living in a really inflated time. And I, um, I, as you know, I own a motorcycle. And I rode my motorcycle to do all my stuff yesterday. And I was thinking to myself, thank God I got a motorcycle. I get great mileage on this, mo on this thing. And so I had to get gas. And I put gas. I'm like, is this the truck or is this the motorcycle? <laughs> I'm like, 15 bucks? <laughs> this thing's only a two-gallon tank. I'm like, what? <sighs> I'm going to lose weight because I have no choice. I'm going to start walking. <laughs> but here's something that's a true issue, and I want us to understand. Malachi 3.10 it says, bringing all the tithes into the storehouse. That word storehouse actually means treasury and armory. Some of us are defenseless against our anxieties of finances because we've depleted our armories and we've depleted that storehouse. But when you give to God, you're faithful. You're building up armories for tough times. You're building up armories for the time an onslaught comes when things happen in your world that affects you. And guess what? I'm, I'm strong. I've got, I've already, I've lined up the walls with extra swords and battle axes because I've been faithful. We have to understand that when God is, is moving, that, that he moves in such a way that he also blesses you. And when God moved on the prophet Malachi to discuss the issue of tithing offering, God was calling out to his people who were in a backslidden state. And Malachi 3, 6 and 7 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? That question, when they ask, it brought forth all what I just taught tithing and offering. How do, you, how do we return? We return by giving up what costs us. That's what I'm trying to get to. When God cries out for us to return to him, he explains to us how through that obedience to giving. That's the last thing I want to make a, a point on. Tithing is absolutely motivated by our obedience. We must obey. And I know that hearing from me sounds kind of <laughs> skeptical. It's the pastor really pretty hard about tithing. I, I, um, <laughs> I always laugh when it comes to, to teach them on giving because I'm like, man, this is going to, how am I, this is going to go like a, just a lead balloon. <clears throat> Not only am I going to read the scripture to them that all the tithes go to the, to the priests, then I'm going to be like, you need to give more of it. That sounds kind of like, you know, I'm trying to funnel some things this way. 
But that's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm truly, truly trying to get us to do is the concepts of, of being obedient to God and giving. And when we're obedient to God and giving, we're obedient to his commandments. And if, I, if I'm obedient to his commandments, then that means I love him. And when I'm in relationship with God, oh my Lord, he doesn't stop blessing me. Okay, I'm not, I'm not tithing for blessings. I'm letting you know that. That's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I'm in love with him. Now, because I'm in love with him, and he loves me more, way more. I mean, Jesus, way more. Just the same way you may love your spouse, right? Back in the day. Oh, Lord. Husbands, husbands, are, you're going to have to be with me on this. There was a day when you used to buy things for your, your, your girlfriend before she became your spouse, right? Maybe a couple extra, you know, bouquets of flowers, maybe some chocolates, maybe a little extra phone calls, you know, all those things. You did those things. You jumped through hoops for relationship. Can I say God does that? For you, not I'm not saying that we're all, we, we're doing that for him. He he is wanting to wine and dine us. He's wanting to show us the best time. He is wanting to prove. Guess what? There's no one else that's going to treat you better than me. That's what it means to be in relationship with him, and we're in a greater relationship with him when we honor giving to him in such a way. I, I, again, this comes off a little skeptical to me, so I'm going to ask, I've, I've reached out to Sister Hopi, uh, I want to ask her to share her giving testimony when it comes to tithing, and just to let you know, Sister Hopi, we usually end at 7 o'clock, so if, if everyone's staring at you, it's, uh, it's going to be your fault, so <clears throat> you're welcome, come on up here, or do you want me to bring it back to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, mom, mom said take your time, you take your time. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. I'm not good at this speaking thing, but <laughs> trying to be obedient. Um, tithing. I'm going to touch on Pastor. Do it. Um, Tread on me. When COVID happened, I worked at United Healthcare and we went home to work. And then I got laid off. Um, I was a faithful tither, and uh, over time kind of dropped, and I wasn't tithing. And uh, um, like Pastor said, when you're not obedient, God really teaches you a lesson. And uh, um, I was really struggling. I don't do anxiety or um, stress or any of that stuff, and I thought it was losing my mind because uh, Unemployment took forever. I thought I was going to be homeless because I my rent and everything. It was tough. My family was helping, but it was still hard. And uh, Pastor taught me tough love. I <laughs> prayed about it, and I was like, you know, didn't want to call him, but I reached out to him, and uh, he seriously gave me tough love. He said, Sister Hopi, not that I can't help you, but I'm not going to because you're, you haven't been obedient in your tithing. And I was upset, <laughs> I really was. I called my mom, I was like, can you believe this? I mean, this is the church, you know? And she, I thought she was gonna be on my side. And she said, do you want me to agree with you or to be honest? 
And I'm like, Come on now. and she said, I'm sorry, but I agree with your pastor. Yeah. And uh, um, that was a, a blow in my ego, <laughs> needless to say. And I prayed and I said, you know, God, um, when I start receiving unemployment, when I start working again, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to be obedient um, no matter what. Because sometimes we get our, our paycheck and we see that net pay. <laughs> then we see all the gross and we're like, it doesn't equal up because by the time you're done, it's like two, $300 is gone. And you're like, how am I going to, like Pastor said, how am I going to pay my rent, eat, you know, buy food? And that's what I was doing. I wasn't trusting God even though he told me to trust him because I moved here from Connecticut 2018 and I've been a member since and God has, he promised me that he would, he got my back no matter what, it might seem like it, but he got me. And I wasn't trusting him like I was supposed to. And uh, um, it was hard, it was hard. And I remember I was listening to a service from the church in Connecticut and pastor's wife was preaching and she said when you pray for something and God promised you he doesn't forget he um she says um always pray God remember me and I remember that Sunday because it was like a year I haven't gotten any unemployment pastor turned me down and I'm like what am I going to do and I was supposed to go to Connecticut that Wednesday and I said Lord how am I gonna go I had my ticket but I had no money to go with it. I wouldn't want to travel without any money. And I remember after I got off, service was finished, I started praying and I said, God, um, remember me. And that was the Sunday. And my mom has always said, God's a just-in-time God. And I know he is, but sometimes we don't stand on his word. And uh, Sunday, that was the service. God spoke to me and said, you know, I don't work on your time. And uh, um, that Monday, my unemployment came through. Praise God. And uh, that little voice came in my mind and said, remember what you promised. And it was a big check. And I said, God, yes. I didn't think about it. Um, he has been so good to me. Um, he's been an on-time God um, for everything. And, and, I, and I'm not tithing because I want him to give me things. Um, he has blessed me not just for money, um, through my family, um, the relationship with my mom, um, my grandkids, my sister, my sister who, I, her and I, if I have to borrow money from her, I have to tell her, like give her my, my a child to let her know when I'm gonna pay her back. And I remember um, a month ago I was, coming home from work and I, my account is set up like anything goes in my account or come out. There's a notification. I'm like, okay. So I check it and it's a large sum of money. And I, and I said, okay, when I get home, I'm going to call the bank because that got to be a mistake. But I checked my, there, there was a text and I checked it and it was my sister said, and you know, I put something in your account and I called and I said, what did I do to deserve this? She said, nothing. She said, not that I really can afford it, but um, God told me to do it. And uh, um, she did it for myself and my sister in Virginia Beach and didn't expect it. I was able to pay some bills, um, but uh, um, God has blessed me ever since I've been 
faithful, trust in him. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard, yeah. sure. but uh, um, I'll do my tithing today and no, I don't have enough money. And for, it's like God stretch every dime that yeah. you have, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. So um, be faithful. Trust him even when Amen. you're struggling, you're stressed, you're, you know, just talk to him and remember that um, he's not going to let you suffer when yeah. you're obedient. Yes. So. Yes. Praise God. Let's all stand. You know, um, <laughs> um, when I was finishing up, um, my lesson notes today, and I wanted to end with with um, someone testifying about giving. We have we're I'm grateful to pastor a church with some very faithful tithers, and so I I could have easily um, could easily said, hey, AP, I need you to I need you to testify about giving because I know you're a faithful tither. You know, I could said, you know, brother Floyd, you're a faithful tither. I need you to talk about it because I know you can talk about it, right? But I thought to myself, no, I'm going to ask the person who I had to tell no. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm so happy you told that story, Sister Hopi, because that's why I asked you. And, and I wanted us to understand that um, when, when you, you may not know this, but when you called me that day, I remember that conversation like it was yesterday. It was, um, I wanted to tell you yes. I wanted to tell you to, that I would love to help you, but I felt God impress upon me to just tell you no. And when I hung up the phone, and you can, you can confirm this with my wife, I asked my wife, I said, hey, we need a, uh, I want us to write something or give something to Sister Hopi when she comes Sunday, but I can't give it to her until she comes. <clears throat> and so she said okay and so she had something waiting for you that Sunday and um, you know it was just those things um, that we know that God is putting through a test you know he, and, and, and uh, your pastor gets tests with how to respond to you and so I let you know it's hard on me because <laughs> I'm like I want to I want to give you whatever I can I want to help you wherever I can but God I'm going to listen to God and I'm going to trust God and uh, be obedient to him and sometimes it is for us to grow us and it is to make us better and stronger and to heal certain things that we had no idea like relationships that she brought up you know that's 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 God keeping the devourer away way yes. from other things and so I, I'm grateful for for what this word speaks to me today let's just bow our heads and just ask God Lord help us help us learn to love you Lord not just through more praise not through more prayer not through fasting not just only through consecration and holiness and faithfulness but Lord help us love you to where it, it hurts us where we have to struggle with that question and we have to come to a crossroads of obedience and I pray help me Lord help me Lord trust you with everything God remind me where my air comes from God remind me how I got out of bed today 
Remind me, God, of the roof that covers my head and the food that lays on my table. Remind me where all these things come because, Lord, there are times I, I, need, to, I need to realize it's because of you and only you and your love, God. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in us, in this church, in this body. I thank you, Lord, that I, I'm, I'm blessed to pastor a church who understands what it means to be a giver. I thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm blessed, Lord. I'm blessed. And I thank you for that, Lord. I pray, God, bring us back to the appointed time. I pray, Lord, strengthen us, Lord. We love you together. And in your name we pray. And will you say that name with me? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit ephesuschurch.com. Thank you for being a part 